Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions, and music with Orb as the host. Oddly Funny Productions. We might be odd, but we bring the funny to you. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. It's official. COVID-19 is now a major cause of death among Americans. That's great news for tobacco company executives who are finally relieved to be bumped off the top of the list. (laughs) Donald Trump is replacing all of the career officials at the Pentagon with his own supporters and fellow conspiracy theorists in an effort that will later be known as Operation September 11th, the sequel. (laughs) Scott Atlas left the White House Coronavirus Task Force. I always thought it was a questionable move to bring in someone from the Hoover Institute, named after someone who looked at one of the greatest economic calamities in the country's history and said, fuck it, let it sort itself out. Atlas's departure was a historic moment. It was the first time that liberals actually enjoyed watching Atlas shrugged. (laughs) Former New York City mayor and Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani tested positive for the coronavirus. I'm relieved in a way. After surviving prostate cancer and breathing in the fumes at the World Trade Center, I was beginning to think he was Satan. At this point, the Republicans may have their own two-party system. The institutionalists and the ones who should be institutionalized. (laughs) It's nauseating how sycophantic the Republicans are. Even Mike Pence is two weeks away from calling Trump mother. (laughs) Joe Biden has won so many of the recounts in the various battleground states, 
I often wonder if he won't get extra electoral votes just for all the extra victories. If so, he may be the first presidential candidate to have his electoral vote total go into quadruple digits. There's a theory that Trump may pardon himself to distract from the coverage of Biden's inauguration. If I was a newspaper writer and I was given the task of covering the self-pardon, the entire text would be, yeah, fuck that guy. Once Trump leaves, the Biden people will find a button on the floor of the White House that says, press to restore the White House to its factory settings. <laughs> the guy who created the recipe for Slim Jims died after contracting the coronavirus. Given his product was called Slim Jims, it would have been more fitting if it was AIDS. <laughs> and on that note, on with the show. <laughs> Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen and Abby Mello. Hey, everybody. Hello. Abby, what have you been up to this week? So I know I mentioned last week I've been quarantining, which is uh, tomorrow will be three weeks since I've been in public and seen humans. And I'm starting to go a little weird. Uh, I've been, I caught myself uh, yesterday just staring at people out my peephole. Like I looked because I was like, well, I, want, I don't want to leave until there's, you know, I want to make sure there's nobody outside when I walk out my door. But then they were just like doing stuff, like putting up decorations. And so I just started like watching them like a total weirdo. Um, so that's where I am mentally right now after three weeks of not being around other humans. You're <laughs> mentally, you're regressing to going back to like, you know, the 1970s when this, instead of getting thrilled by, you know, people falling off their roofs and posting the videos on YouTube, you're amused by people actually just putting up decorations. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm just an old school voyeur. It's great. Yeah, it's really, it's awesome. <laughs> Jeff, how about yourself? Well, this week I heard that uh, Joe Rogan and Mark Maron had two of the most popular podcasts in America. But Tom, I want to let you know that I'm petitioning the attorneys general from various states, including Texas, to have this podcast declared as the most popular podcast in the land. Bravo. <laughs> but I think the uh, the guy from Texas, Paxton, I think his name is, I, I have a meeting with him and I want to and, and he'll believe anything. So, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to talk to him about this. I, I had, a, I had a joke that I did in my act where I talked about how, um, depending on how uh, short I get my hair cut, you know, people will often look at me and then think, Ooh, Ellen DeGeneres has let herself go. <laughs> so I, I don't know, maybe if, if you can convince, if you can convince them that, you know, I'm actually another famous comedian instead of just me, <laughs> then uh, I don't know, that might actually work. Short Conan O'Brien. I, I can't get the pompadour. I Believe me, I've tried. In my teen years, I tried to do the whole pompadour duck sass thing. Talking about regressing to, you know, back in time. I, I tried that and I couldn't, I couldn't manage it. Joining us this week to discuss pretty much every single thing going on in the news, JJ Boyd and Violet Gray. Hey. Hey, thanks for having me. Violet, welcome to the podcast. Oh, yeah, it's it's great. It's my first time. Anything uh, in the news you've been keeping an eye on this week? Well, actually, right before we logged on, I saw that something like 40-plus attorney, attorneys general have launched a massive lawsuit against Facebook to break up the company. I just read that, which uh, I thought was pretty interesting, um, especially now because Facebook was blamed a lot for a lot of the misinformation 
that got Donald Trump elected in the first place. And people are saying that this election with Joe Biden was definitely more secure than the last one was. And it's it just seems weird that they're going after Facebook now when they saw Facebook as a much bigger risk about four years ago. I'd love it if they would break up Facebook. I really would. Lately, I don't know if I've just been, you know, sort of progressing into older age, but I've been posting, you know, pictures of my cat a lot recently. And, you know, I don't want to run the risk of posting a photo of my cat. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone posting QAnon stuff, like in the comment section. Right, right. Well, they're getting elected to Congress now, so. JJ, how about yourself? I'm good. I'm in uh, talking about the Facebook thing. I hope they break them up. I may actually be be able to stay out of jail. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook Facebook jail or real jail? Yes. I'm coming you from you my from my attorney's office. <laughs> uh, dude, just uh, been uh, it's funny like you were talking about getting work and stuff. Um, I'm still not comfortable um, doing live comedy. Um, turned down just today. I turned down three different shows. Like oh, it'll be January. I go, yeah. Just what I want to do is to bite by the farm 16 days before like the virus the uh, vaccine is totally out there. So. Um, just been working on my, my website and all of the, the internet stuff that I've been doing and just waiting this out, man. Just, uh, I wish I could spend three weeks in my house. I got plenty of food here and enough cable TV to last me a lifetime. I, th- I think what this pandemic has done is it, it's turned comics. They used to talk about going underground and just getting away from the world. Now they have, they have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. They're, they're literally becoming like their own comedic you know minute men where they're doing all their training by playing like call of duty yeah i'm actually shocked because i you know certain places that i i usually play have sent me availability and i see videos and pictures and there's crowds no masks using one microphone i'm like okay well at least i know when this is over there's definitely gonna be slots for new comics Uh-huh. Comics will be comics will be taking those shows, doing those shows during the pandemic, and even if they bomb, they'll they can legit say they've killed during their sets. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's spreading the word. <laughs> Despite enough states certifying their election results and giving Joe Biden the presidency, Donald Trump is still hoping that he can maintain power by sending the aforementioned latest COVID petri dish, Rudy Giuliani all around the country to contest results in various states. So far, it hasn't turned out to be the Perry Mason effect he wanted, as we can see from this video of Rudy appearing before legislators in Michigan. It was a very big surprise to me that our votes are sent out of the United States. It's also a big surprise to me that our votes are counted by a foreign company. I'd like to put into the record a letter written by my congresswoman Many years ago, Carolyn Maloney, who pointed out all of the problems with this company, Dominion, I'd also put in the record letters from Elizabeth Warren and somebody else that I can't remember right now, (laughs) but another United States senator. The computer would throw an error. It would say ballot number 25. Uh, There is an error. Instead of discarding. They were just re-scanning, 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 counting ballots nine to ten times. 
I, I, I observed it thousands, thousands, thousands Th- of times. Thousands of times? And the fact that now as um, the other representatives said that you can actually show up and vote without an ID, it's shocking. Like a lot of people think all Indians look alike. I think all Chinese look alike. So how would you tell? There we go. That was the cast of Brain Damage, the music. <laughs> okay, so a few things. One, uh, the blonde-haired lady, uh, here's a tip. Maybe get drunk after the testimony. <laughs> <laughs> and two, the one lady that was like, all Chinese people look alike. Wait, what does that have to do with an ID? Like, if you, you you establish that they don't need an ID to vote, then what are you trying to tell apart? You don't have a frame of reference. That's so dumb. You know, I, all IDs look alike, too. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> by using her logic. Especially within each state, they all look alike that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to your point, Violet, is she implying that people are just, like, walking back through the line a bunch of times and that no one would notice because they'll just, like, what? Well, yeah, she's not comparing an ID to something, so what is the implication that Right, making? right. That that didn't make logical sense. And these what? were the people that Rudy Giuliani wanted uh, to testify. Could you yeah, imagine yeah. the ones left out? <laughs> yeah, it, I think the per- <laughs> I think the person left out would literally just have to be a burning cross and a MAGA hat. <laughs> <laughs> what you know? What I keep saying to people is, I'm like, they keep talking about these Dominion machines. Oh, but if you had questions about the validity of them, you thought of it only after the election. Did you maybe think that maybe if you'd said something before the election, they could have looked into it beforehand? Oh, that's right. It wouldn't have fit into your narrative. I got you. Right. And they they certainly didn't have that problem four years ago when uh, Trump uh, won the state by fewer votes than Joe did. Right. And right. if I'm not mistaken, I read that in, in I forgot which state it was uh, where they were using Dominion machines. Trump won 52 percent of the precinct. So you can't have it both ways. Right. Yeah. Someone did point out that um, Republicans gained some seats in the last election. So how is it that the votes are rigged? for Joe Biden, but not for the Republicans that won. You gotta throw some red herrings in there. You know how it is. Like, you gotta <laughs> throw them off the trail, Violet. You can't just win everything. Right. Of course. You're a writer. You know how this works. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the latest member of the Trump acolytes to admit there was no fraud in this election was Trump lawyer and pretender to the head of the Justice Department, William Barr. When such an ass kisser like the wannabe attorney general admits Trump has no case, you would think that would be game over and time to move on. Not so if you compare these two clips, one from MSNBC and one from Fox. See if you listeners can tell which is which. MAGA supporters and Trump loyalists turning angry with Attorney General Bill Barr, who has long been known as very, very loyal to the president, all because he said something true. He debunked the idea that there was systemic voter fraud. He mentioned that in a memo, which we reported on, and now he's saying it to the public. But one insider is calling it a complete betrayal, to tell the truth, and that makes Barr a failure 
and you, Mr. Barr, are so deep in the swamp, you can't see beyond your fellow reptiles. And you are not the exceptional leader needed at this exceptional time. Credit to Janine Pirro, she does serve some purpose. Thinking of her prevents me from getting an erection in public. Janine Pirro is such a bad, she's doing a bad character. You know what she is? She's a congresswoman from a recent Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> she's just this terrible, she's like Candace Owens, at least she's a convincing heel. This woman is not. She's just she's just a B-budget actor of a cartoonishly conservative pundit. Like and a Caleb McEnany without the without the, the charisma. Right. <laughs> and what's the difference between what we just saw and Cecily Strong's impersonation of her on Saturday Saturday Night Live? Right. Like where do you go when your source is absurd? Well, I think she tried to do a special once where she was in the woods in Chappaqua tracking down Hillary Clinton to try and ask her some questions. I would have loved to seen a Secret Service agent mistake her for Sasquatch and just shoot her with a tranquilizer dart. <laughs> Although, given her alleged, we have to say this alleged predilection to boxed wine, the tranquilizer dart may have had no effect on her. Could have helped. <laughs> There is one more thing keeping Mitch McConnell from losing his grip on the United States Senate, much in the same way he tries to maintain his grip on staying alive. It's the two Senate runoff elections in Georgia. This past Sunday saw two Senate debates. The second of the two runoff debates was between Senator Kelly Leffler of Trump land and Reverend Raphael Warnock of Georgia. Like a good Trump party member, Kelly Leffler remembered her talking points like a pro. Unfortunately for her, she didn't seem to remember anything else as we can see in these excerpts from her debate performance. You know, Chuck Schumer said, now we take Georgia, then we change America. The, the promise that Chuck Schumer made was to fundamentally change America, and I'm making sure that we don't go down the road of socialism. I was born and raised on a farm. I grew up working in the fields. I waitressed my way through school, and I was the first in my family to graduate from college. I worked hard to live the American dream. The Democrats want to fundamentally change America, and the agent of change is my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. I'm fighting for the American dream every day. You know, my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, radical liberal Raphael Warnock has partnered with Stacey Abrams. Well, predictably, you've just heard more lies from radical liberal Raphael Warnock. My opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, would be a rubber stamp for Chuck Schumer You've just heard radical liberal Raphael Warnock lie again and not answer a question. And my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, would be a rubber stamp for Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. I have been blessed to live the American dream. I was born and raised on a farm. I grew up working in the fields. I started filling out a time card when I was 11. I waitressed my way through high school and college. And I also know I'm blessed to live the American dream, and that's why I'm fighting to protect it. But my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, is a socialist. I was blessed to live the American dream. 
Look, these are more lies from radical liberal Raphael Warnock. Everything's at stake on January 5th, the future of the country. We can take the path of supporting the American dream, or we can take the path of socialism that radical liberal Raphael Warnock wants to bring to our country. If only there was a way to tell the political affiliation of the candidates. Right, right. I, I was just wondering, wait, which which side is he on? Is he, how what are his politics and how extreme is he? I, I just couldn't. <laughs> All I see is is a wig like Bugs Bunny used to dress up in, going, my name is Elmer J. Fudd. I own a mansion and a yacht. My name is Elmer J. Fudd. I own a mansion and a yacht. Oh, my uh, God. By the way, I promise I didn't just cut and paste the same clip when I when I did the editing. I mean, she yeah. that, that was half the time she said radical liberal Raphael Warnock. I, when I was editing for this episode, the actual clip I was going to show was about five minutes long. Oh, and then I just said, okay, I, I can't, I can't listen to this. I, I had to cut it down. What's she's defending America against socialism. The same person whose family farm has taken $3 million in subsidies <laughs> from the taxpayers. It's the same person who just uh, financed a, uh, a campaign airplane at the expense of the taxpayers. But she's defending America against Chuck Schumer. And why did she pick Chuck Schumer, folks? Because he's Jewish. That's why. Oh. And she's got the she's got the charisma of a prostate exam. Yeah. <laughs> I of, think of not rather, not I think, one you scheduled, but one like you're just walking <laughs> you're along something you're, the wrong you're way. Just walking down the street one day and then a prostate <laughs> jumps out of the bushes. <laughs> Well, I have to give credit. I mean, David Perdue, by comparison, almost looked good by not showing up. I mean, Kelly Leffler sounded like she was phoning it in. Did like, somebody actually watch that and say, boy, she convinced me? Yeah. Like, well, one of the things I watched that debate and one of the things you quickly realize is that she is not actually capable of answering questions that pertain to the job. She came there to fearmonger about her opponent, and that's exactly what she did. But when you, any, like they flat out asked her, should politicians be able to trade stocks? And she literally did not know what to say. She right. completely ignored that question. She was like, I'm here to fight for America. That's basically what she said to this very specific question. The word cloud of that, like what, what she said, if you made that into a word cloud, it's just eight words and seven of them are radical and one of them is liberal. Right, right. When I watched that, the first thing that came to my mind, because I'm a simple guy, was Kung Fu Panda when Poe goes through the test and when he's finished, he goes, congratulations, there's now a score of zero. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at Kelly Leffler and I thought she wants to get out of there really bad. It's almost like she wanted to get home so she could spit roast a puppy. <laughs> Don't you know I have a an, an, uh, women's basketball team to destroy? Come on, it's a waste of my time. <laughs> I mean, it was almost like whenever you turn into a top 40 radio station, always the, the moment you turn in, it's the same songs that you keep hearing over and over again. That was her, that was her debate performance, basically. Yes, it was basically her debate performance was the greatest hits of Kelly Loeffler's debate performance. Yeah, it was Sweet Child of Mine on the on your classic rock station for the 17th time. <laughs> yeah, but it's just the chorus over and over. Right, and over. right. 
And in that song, the sweet child was born on a farm and worked waitressing tables. Right. I don't know if you mentioned that. <laughs> and didn't mention that she's married to the president of New York Stock Exchange. Oh, yeah. You know, like most hardworking class Americans are. <laughs> That's my American dream. That's who I want to marry. <laughs> you want to marry the president of the New York Stock Exchange? Dude, I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> I'm not gay, but I would consider it to feel for the for the for the for the package deal, you know. Right. You get your private jet, and you know. I'll give a handy to the bull down in Wall Street. I'm right here. I can go in. <laughs> I used to work on political campaigns in a separate lifetime ago, and you know, we we try and get the candidate to you know remember a few key phrases during the during their stump speech or their debate, but you know we tried to get them to remember and say other stuff as well. Right, right. I think that was like she fell asleep at night to just a mantra of radical liberal and radical, like my opponent, the radical, like it's like she just listens to that on a loop. Yeah, all yeah it's like it's like her record, like the record inside her skipped. Yeah, like when you get a song <laughs> stuck in your head, but she's, uh, she's like the middle of all of it. She's the Millie Vanilli of local politics. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like if radical liberal Raphael Warnock was her text alarm and somebody kept texting her. If it's news. <laughs> her campaign gave her a campaign book of, of policies and she said, and she could only remember one sentence. Right. And it was radical liberal Raphael. Right. That was it. <laughs> it was probably written on her hand too. Right. <laughs> I have to give it to her, though, that is a little bit of a tongue twister. Like, that could definitely be a warm-up, you know, vocal exercise, that phrase. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially with the, the, the amount of times and precision that she said it. Kind of impressive. That's going to be everyone's pre-show uh, tongue-twisting exercise. Not red leather, yellow leather, but uh, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. Yeah. <laughs> See? It's harder to say. Of course. Just because the election is over... It doesn't mean that Trump and the Republicans are willing to concede, much like their obsession with the non-existent war on Christmas, as we can see from this clip from a rally in Georgia. Let me begin by wishing you all a very Merry Christmas. Remember the word? Remember? We started five years ago and I said, you're going to be saying Christmas again and we say it proudly again, although they'll, they'll be trying to take that word again out of the vocabulary. We're not going to let them do that. I mean, nobody stopped saying Merry Christmas. Like, everybody's always said it. I think the reason he started saying Merry Christmas, I think he's never actually said it. He's just always used his company Christmas parties to troll for the next younger Mrs. Trump. Yeah. As if Hallmark would ever let that happen. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I doubt that he's been visited by the three spirits that need to visit him. So... <laughs> And the son of a gun has never said happy Hanukkah. So I'm starting a whole new movement. That's right. <laughs> it's a war on the Jews. <laughs> Don't give them any ideas, Jay. <laughs> Radical liberal. <laughs> for the past few years, the holidays have been merely another excuse for families to argue about politics during what are supposed to be festive get-togethers. Dallas and Brad Woodhouse, two brothers with opposing views, chronicled this phenomenon in a film they were promoting on a segment on C-SPAN, when their idea of the modern holiday family function was promptly shot down by a caller very close to home. You know, what's interesting about the movie, it's about a, 
uh, you know, an hour and 10 minutes long is it's not really the story of just uh, Brad and Dallas Woodhouse who have very different uh, political ideas. I, I would make the contention that Woodhouse Divided is a story of all families and the story and the uh, sort of the conversations that they have around their Thanksgiving tables and the conversations they'll have with their extended families at, at Christmas and Hanukkah coming up in the next couple of weeks. It, you know, talks about, you know, the very real uh, discussions that family have about uh, dividing politics in, in our nation. Let's go to this Joy. Show, <laughs> no, go to Joy in Raleigh, North Carolina. Good morning. Hey, somebody you, from down south. Well, you're right, I'm from down south. Oh, God, it's mom. And I'm your mother. And I, di I disagree that all families are like ours. I don't know many families that are fighting at Thanksgiving. Is this, is this really and your mother? No, you're talking about most I years. I would really like a peaceful mom. Christmas. And I love you both. Now, I have to say this. Credit to my mother. She teaches... Uh, at a school where in uh, in her contract, they put a morality clause. And as a result of this morality clause, she will never, ever do that on a podcast on which I'm appearing. So I'm safe. Oh, I thought that's why we we don't take calls, Tom. <laughs> in case your mother shows yeah. up. By the way, is Dallas Woodhouse that guy's real name or his porn name? <laughs> yes. Wow, that, it's funny because my mom and I <clears throat> don't see things politically the same. She's, she leans, believe it or not, to the right. But my mom had a stroke in June, and I keep threatening. I go, look, you're weak from the right side. One wrong move, I'm coming at you the pillow, lady. <laughs> <laughs> One less Trump supporter, and I'm on the, I'm, I'm on the insurance policy. So. <laughs> and you're also the lead story on OAN. Oh, sure. Radical Jew. <laughs> <laughs> Delightful that his mom watches when he's on TV. I'm gonna give them a piece of my mind. <laughs> but like you know, my, I think most of all of our parents couldn't care less what we do with our free time. Um, but I think it's yeah, I think it's kind of kind of cute. It was a little heartwarming, if you ask me. Yeah, old Southern accent just kind of made that a little creepy to me. I'm going to call in and do a little more than thinking. What was the opening line? Something like "Heck yeah, I'm from the South" or something. <laughs> yeah, like that. Was the guy recognized her voice right away. Of course, I'm from the South. In order to get to the telephone, I had to throw off my my Confederate flag blanket. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I had to place a call onto the C-SPAN. Yeah, the C-SPAN. My three white cats, K, K, and K, I had to shush them away. <laughs> and on that note, that's our show. I want to thank our panelists, Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, JJ Boyd, and Violet Gray. Yay. But before we go, my final thought. In the years that I've been including political topics and current events in my comedy, I found I can sympathize with female comics in that we're often the target of comics and podcast hosts who are anti-political correctness. The big difference is I don't get unsolicited dick pics in my direct messages. I ask for them. <laughs> Good night. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Eisen and Abby Mello and guests J.J. Boyd and Violet Gray. Theme music by Your Own Vandenberg. Executive producer, Tom Myers. Executive producer for IPM Nation, Matt Connerton. For more information, visit tommyers.us.
Hi, this is Jeff from Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. If you enjoy hearing me talk with Tom about politics and you're a fan of the New York Mets, then join me and Greg Prince in National League Town. Available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A.A. Ron is tied up right now. (coughs) Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.